All right, friends, welcome back. Today is just going to be me flying solo for this episode. This is a topic that I think has been a lifelong journey for me. It's something that is an ongoing lesson. Um, It's something that I have really tried to focus on seriously and kind of put some practices into motion only in the last probably three and a half years. And that has come on the heels of some lifestyle changes I made for the benefit really of my physical health. But it's funny how all of the things, physical, mental, and emotional, they really are connected together. And how making some of these changes concerning this topic that I'm going to talk about today has really improved my life individually and then also relationally in our marriage. And that topic is going to be about embracing your femininity and embracing womanhood and embracing the differences of being a woman compared to being a a man. And our society has for years um, kind of crushed that beauty of being a woman and being feminine. And we get messages that it is weak or it's um, not the ideal or you're being um, dependent on someone if you choose to kind of really settle into being a female. And that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today. So jump in and let's talk. You're listening to the Fit Style Podcast, where you'll learn how to live a holistic lifestyle in a conventional society. I'm your host, Patty Lauren, and I'm a functional personal trainer with almost a decade of experience. I'm also living an unconventional lifestyle in the midst of having an autoimmune disease. I'll show you how to go against society's standards of health, beauty, and lifestyle and learn to live your best life yet. What a time to be alive. Be your own advocate and let's live well together. So when I was 18, I had found this shirt online and it was this pink t-shirt and across the chest it said, be independent and independent was all in hot pink. Don't depend on him. And that really was my mantra for most of my early adulthood and then my 20s and becoming, you know, my own person and moving into my first apartment and, you know, college and career and all those things is I was staunchly uh, independent. And I think I've always been that way. You could probably ask my parents and they would, you know, I think the word stubborn has been used (laughs) um, and probably is still used. Um, But I am a, I can do it myself. I don't need help. Um, don't hold the door open for me. Uh, I don't, I don't need a man to do anything for me. I don't need a man to help pay my bills. I was very independent and I was very proud. And a lot of that was because growing up, I had a very, uh, unconventional, uh, 
upbringing in, in many ways. And I didn't have a lot of independence for a long time. And when I kind of got out on my own, kind of flapped my wings, it was a hard turn into, I don't need anyone's help. I don't want anyone's help. Um, and that was just the way that it was. And, you know, I, I don't regret that because I did so many things on my own. Um, and I'm really proud of that. And I had to do those things to to be who I am today and to be able to make some changes that suit my lifestyle and the season that I'm in much better, um, especially being in a marriage. So for 12 years before I met my husband, you know, in those late teens, early 20s, and then all through my 20s, um, that was that was how I was. And I was very proud of that. And I loved being a girl, for sure. That has always been the case. I was four years old and had, you know, the press-on nails and the press-on earrings and plastic high heels and the clothes and makeup. And, you know, my, my parents were very nurturing of that. And my expression of, you know, being a little girl and then growing up, you know, watching my mom get ready and wear makeup. And she, you know, has always been gorgeous and was a model and always wanted to look like her. And, you know, she always had a lot of style and my, my grandmother. So I grew up in a very, um, affirming household in as far as, um, embracing being a girl and embracing all of those things that are, you know, the fun parts of, of being a female. And that never changed. And that, that was something I have always been, um, into, but that was, that's the surface level, right? That's the outward. Um, the inward, I never felt comfortable being dependent, being um, vulnerable, being open, really kind of being soft. Um, because to me, that was a sign of weakness. And if I allowed myself to be like that with someone, I felt like I was giving up my power and I was opening myself up for hurt and disappointment and I did not want that. So I was very closed off and the relationships that I was in, um, I was very dominant and there was yelling and there was demands being made and there was, um, you know, not the, um, there was no kind of like partnership, right? It was like, well, you're going to do it my way or we're not going to do it at all. And I remember having a lot of these, um, discussions and fights with a, um, guy I had dated a uh, long term. And I remember, at the end of it, you know, I would feel horrible. I hated it. I didn't like the way that it felt. I didn't want to be that way, but I really didn't know how to be any different. And that was, you know, that's sad. That was sad for for our relationship. That was sad for him. That was sad for me. But 
you don't know what you don't know. And I had no idea how to get out of that, that pattern. And it wouldn't be until many years later, um, that relationship ended. And, you know, I was really kind of embracing being single and learning who I was. Um, but it really wasn't until I met my husband, um, that I kind of saw the the beauty in kind of just not having to drive the relationship and and settling into being feminine. When we met, um, my husband is a two, and if you follow the Enneagram, you know that they're the helper, and I am a five. And fives do not accept help very well. So this was already person personality-wise, just the way that I was wired was to kind of buck against that offer for help. But from the get-go, he was wanting to be helpful, wanted to take care of me in a way that I, you know, aside from my dad, like I had never experienced in a relationship because there was no expectation on his part after helping me or wanting to help me. It wasn't like, well, I'm going to help you do this, but I expect X, Y, Z from you. And I had never, you know, experienced that as an adult in a relationship. So it was very, you know, for lack of a better word, weird to me. And uncomfortable but but intriguing like I was like hmm it it was a constant he constantly challenged the way that I thought about myself in a relationship what they could be like what a long-term like healthy relationship should be like there's a therapist that I follow on Instagram and she had shared something not too long ago about how if you are not used to safe relationships, when you are in one, they can feel quote unquote boring because you are used to having that high strung or stress or fighting or animosity. And that feels normal to you. That feels safe and that feels healthy. But when you get into a truly healthy relationship and you don't have those things, it feels very calm and it feels very peaceful. And until you realize like that is the way it should be, it it feels strange. And that I think the was the situation that I was in. And I learned very quickly with him um, any type of tactics that I had used in the past. For example, if I was upset and, you know, maybe we were texting and I made some comment like, well, you know, I'll just leave you alone for the rest of the day. That's, I don't know what I said, but something like that. And he would, he would just uh, diffuse the situation and he would not play into any type of game like that. He wouldn't try to call me. He wouldn't try to be like super, um, oh, you know, what's wrong? That He wouldn't feed into it. It was just like, that was it. And that happened maybe two or three times. And I was like, well, I'm not going to keep doing that because this is not getting the desired result. And I guess I'm going to have to have like a grown-up conversation and I'm going to have to learn how to communicate and I'm going to have to learn how to say, hey, 
this upset me or this is how I'm feeling. And he would communicate back in when I approached it in that way. And I really felt like that he taught me how, you know, you are supposed to behave in a relationship. And that has just been a constant ongoing lesson. And that's with any of us, right? As we get into healthy relationships as adults, we learn the best way to communicate with our partner in a mature, nurturing uh, way that is not going to end in a fight or end in somebody being upset. Um, And that's a constant work in progress. But that's when I started feeling kind of that um, shift in myself and this kind of like uncomfortable growing of, okay, the way that I have had relationships before and the way I behaved is not, has not served me well. Those relationships did not go well. They did not end well. And this is someone that I see a future with and a long-term relationship, something that's very serious, and I don't want to continue these patterns. So that becomes a lot of self-reflection and a lot of therapy and um, all of those outside things that kind of can speak into you to help you make changes. So fast forward, um, you know, we're married. Now I'm learning how to live with a boy. That is, you know, a a different experience. I was very used to, you know, only had lived with my parents and then lived on my own for many years and loved it. Never had a roommate. It was the best time of my life um, as far as when I was single. And I always tell my single friends, like, don't waste away don't wish away this time because you're not going to get it back at some point you know if you are someone who is longing to be in a relationship that is going to happen eventually and hopefully that is a long-term forever thing you're not going to be able to have these single days back you're not going to be able to be in your apartment or with your roommate or um, kind of really have the opportunity to be totally selfish and I think every woman needs to experience that time because it is transformative and it it helps you become a better person. It helps you become a better partner. Um, When you've had those experiences on your own and you learn how to be happy and you learn how to be content by yourself, and that is when the right person will come along and hopefully you get to do those same things that you enjoy, but now with someone else um, to take the trip, go to Europe, go on a cruise, go do something crazy, you know, go with your friends, uh, say yes to everything and enjoy that time. Um, So, you know, we got married and learning how to be a wife and I was very very into trying to be this perfect like wife because at the time I had had a job um, and when we moved, we moved to another city, not too far away from my hometown, but I had no friends. I had no family here, really. I had no job um, and I was trying to start a new business. I, we had just moved into a, a house. We had just gotten married. 
uh, we had just started going to a new church. Uh, I mean, it was so many things that I really fell into a dark season of depression. And that's another topic for another day. But, um, you know, I'm, I have a lot more free time at this point. I was used to getting up at 5am, going to work out. I'd go train some clients. I'd go work my eight to five job. I'd get off. I'd go train more clients. I'd go to another job. Like I wouldn't get home until 11 o'clock at night. All of a sudden my world's flipped upside down in a wonderful way, but I'm, don't have anywhere to be in the morning and I don't have anything to do in the evening. Like, so I'm trying to, you know, get up and make coffee and make breakfast and I have dinner ready every night. And I was struggling to find my footing with what felt comfortable and also finding my own like new identity. And time goes on. I got through this this season, kind of settled in. My business started to pick up. I had other jobs that I was picking up. I was becoming more busy, getting outside a little bit more. And that was early, mid-2017. So fast forward to 2020, and life is settled. You know, we're in a groove. I'm in a groove with my career. And um, I was still working a lot. And more than he would have liked me to work. Um, not as much as I was used to working. So for me, I felt like I was not doing enough. He felt like I was doing too much. And he would always say things to me like, let me help you. What can I do to help you? Um, you know, you don't have to work like this. You know, you don't have to do X, Y, Z. Because he was seeing that it was causing me some stress and anxiety and in 2020, obviously, we all know what happened. And my business, like everyone else, especially small business owners, took a hit. And I was able to kind of continue my work. I did some virtual and things kind of started to slowly get back to quote unquote normal. But um, around that time, you know, I, I had, there was another job that I was doing that, that, um, disintegrated basically because of the situation from 2020. So I was out that job. My client work was shifting a little bit. I had picked up a new job that I really loved. Um, and I, I kind of started to see this slowdown and I fought it for a long time. But as time went on and I was home a little bit more and I saw the value that me being home more brought to our relationship, brought to my mental health, brought really to my physical health. Um, I started to see the beauty in realizing like I didn't have to feel like I needed to do it all just as hard and just as much as my husband. And um, in 2020, towards the end is when I started to make some health changes that were really driven by my Hashimoto's diagnosis. And I was wanting to get off of hormonal birth control. Again, another topic for another episode. But leading up to getting off the pill in the fall of 2020, probably for two or three months before, I started doing all of these things to prepare my body. I started taking some certain supplements. I started doing something called seed cycling. 
um, I really started to um, learn, teach myself and educate myself on non-toxic home products, non-toxic makeup and body products, personal things um, to kind of lessen my toxin load. So when I did get off the pill, because it has such an effect on your liver, um, I wanted my body to be in a situation where it could it could process things and kind of self-regulate itself back to where it needed to be and what would be my new normal for my body. And in this process, I was doing more just kind of like self-education and really realizing like the beauty of your your body and your cycle and I was reading about something called cycle syncing and it's still something that I practice to this day and it's it's syncing your cycle to um or syncing your life kind of around your cycle and it can be nutritionally the way you eat depending on where you are in your cycle it can be the way you schedule your work or your social activities, depending on where you're going to be in your cycle, uh, the way you exercise where you are in your cycle. So it, it is an all-encompassing practice. And I started kind of really becoming interested in that. And there was this repetitive theme of, you know, in certain weeks, like resting and just being and being kind to your body and doing things that were nurturing, taking a you know a hot bath, um, getting outside in the sun, uh, not doing high intensity exercises, things that I just had done and over and over and over again, and really kind of run my body down into the ground, even though I thought I was like being healthy and being fit, I took it to a an situation and a degree that was really for me kind of unhealthy. So at the end of 2020, I finally took my last hormonal birth control pill. And then that became the the journey of like kind of finding what my new cycle was going to be. And it was in my life experience so far, aside from moving out and having my own apartment, the most freeing, liberating, um, decision and experience I have ever had. And my only regret is that I didn't do it sooner, but I was terrified. And I had to do, I'm a researcher. Um, I have to research things inside, outside, up, down, in, out before I will do it. And I had done a couple of years of research about alternative methods and talked to my doctor uh, my OB and my uh, primary care doctor and felt really good about my decision. And I like n- had not expected how good I would feel um, getting off the hormonal birth control. So that became very eye-opening for me and in kind of really starting to embrace this cycle sinking situation and realizing that, you know, what it takes a woman's body to do in 25, you know, 30, 35 days, a cycle, full menstrual cycle, a man does in 24 hours. And when I read that, I was like, huh, 
Well, that explains a lot (laughs) because, you know, we get these messages like I've seen things like, well, I can do what a man does, but on my, but while I'm bleeding and I fully embrace that, you know, I did not stop for a second on the day that I got my period. I was like, well, who cares about that? I'll get still get up at five and teach a hit class and, you know, teach a strength class and train four, four or five clients in a row and then go work out. I did not care. Um, I was going to hard ass it until, you know, forever. And reading that and then really kind of diving into the way our bodies work started a mind shift in me and realizing like, I did not have to live like that. And living like that was actually doing me more harm than good. It was around this time that I um, had started doing some research on aura rings. I eventually got one of those that um, was very insightful and eye-opening and something I've really enjoyed. Um And that was just another layer of tangibly seeing how my body was affected during times of stress or during times of um, where I was in my cycle and how my whole body was affected. And at the same time, you know, I was shifting my work schedule a little bit more. And that's something that I continually kind of tweaked. And in the past, I was getting up every day, multiple times a week. Um, at 4 a.m. and I would have clients at 5. I would have clients at 6.15. I would have clients at 7. I like I had my day stacked um, in like 15 to 30 minute intervals. So I wasn't eating when I got up. If I ate, it was in the car. Um, and I was working from 5 a.m. until 12 or 1. I had a full day. I would come home. I would do more work. I would still make dinner at night, but I was trying to keep up with this. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to build this business. I have to prove something. It was very much in the midst of, um, hustle culture and boss babying. And I was very proud of those things, but you are going to reach a situation if you are going so hard like that and hustling so hard that you are going to run yourself into the ground or something is going to suffer. And for me, my health was being run into the ground and our relationship was suffering in ways that to me, I didn't understand, but were affecting my husband because I was not home. And that is really what he, he wanted and was, um, important to him. And, Um, he was encouraging of anything and everything that I did. Um, but I could see that he, you know, was also a little bit sad. And I started when I got a little bit more, um, into my Hashimoto's journey and just trying to make some changes to better my health, shifting my work schedule. And that became a, conversation I had to have with clients where, you know, hey, now my workday is not going to start until between 8 and 9 a.m. And that meant I lost some clients. And that meant my, you know, income situation was different. Um, but it was just like the the decision to get off the hormonal birth control. It was another freeing, liberating choice to really give back more 
life to myself and to my relationship and to just be able to kind of breathe and allow myself to kind of be more taken care of. And I think that it is something that is beautiful and God created to be in a relationship where you can be the female and the woman and you can be open and you can be soft and you can be strong at the same time, but you can allow yourself to be nurtured and taken care of. And um, I think that is so beautiful. And I think that's something that's so lost in our world and our culture. And that may not be right for everyone, but for anyone who is listening to this, who you have those feelings of you maybe want to be a stay-at-home wife, or maybe you want to be a stay-at-home mom, or maybe you don't want to hustle. Maybe your goals have changed. Maybe you used to be very boss babe, career focused, you know, um, and maybe you're feeling some stirring to kind of pull back from that. I just want to be encouraging and say that that I think is intrinsic in our um, DNA as women to want those things. And I don't think that there's a lot of support and um, kind of a welcoming of that. It's like you're weird, um, like what happened to feminism? Um, you know, don't you think women can do it all? And that's, it's not, that is not what it's about. Women can do so many things. We are nurturers, we are caregivers, we are meant, you know, we are mothers, we are meant to help take care of things. Uh, we have an eye for, for beauty and, um, you know, some of us love to cook and bake and we have different gifts that that gives just as much back to your home by you embracing the things that are embedded in who you are just as much as your husband um, going to work and making a living and coming home. Like neither one is more important than the other. They're just different. And they equally are meant to be brought together to make a make a home and make a life. And we fight so hard against what is biologically, you know, in our bodies to to do and to embrace. And we become burned out, we become disappointed, we become tired, we become irritable, we become um, like I was saying earlier, like, you know, you become dominant. And when you embrace the differences in being, and I'm using this word, you know, get such a bad um, rap, but being submissive in a, in a, that is a powerful thing to be able to be in a relationship where you can be submissive to your spouse in a way that is, still giving life to your relationship and to your home. And it's a very freeing thing where you can just be um, free to not have to make every decision and not have to fight for what you want to do all of the time. Like 
in a healthy relationship, there's discussion and there's both people bringing their thoughts and their feelings and what's important to them to the table and then having a discussion about it. And if you're in a healthy relationship, like your husband is not going to be like, well, it's my way or the highway. Just like, you know, I, I talked about when I was, you know, in those relationships in my 20s. Well, it's my way or the highway. Like that is not a healthy place to be. So I'm not using that word submissive in a way that you need to be uh, in a situation where you're abused or uh, verbally or emotionally, uh, physically, mentally, you know, um, uh, not taken care of. Um, but once I started to kind of embrace that more, I had so much less anxiety. I had so much less stress that I was putting on myself and becoming um, more cognizant of the things that I was like also spending time on outside of work. So for example, I had shared earlier this year that we um, canceled our house cleaning service. And that seems like a very like, um, it's a very privileged thing, right? To be able to have someone come clean your house. And I know not everyone has that. And so I'm not saying this in a way to be like, well, you know, we had someone come and, you know, clean our house. But that was just, that was something that I had gotten for Brandon as kind of like a anniversary gift because he was always like vacuuming and cleaning when, you know, like probably once a week, I would notice he was doing these things and he would get a little stressed out about it. And I wasn't doing it because I was, you know, trying to hustle and build this career and work all the time. So I wasn't at home. And, um, I was like, I'm going to get us, I'm going to get us some help. And so I was work, part of the reason I was working, uh, was to also help afford to pay the house cleaner. And it was great. Um, it was helpful and it created less stress for him. And it, you know, I didn't have to worry about doing it or, you know, feeling like I wasn't contributing when I'd come home and he was like vacuuming, you know, of course that made me feel bad. Um, And we had that for several years. But once I had stepped back from those super early mornings and that drive of having to prove something with this this business that I had created, and I was home more, um, again, continuing to read and um, just do some inner work, I decided that it would be prudent and in our best interest to discontinue the house cleaning service because I no longer had a reason to not do it. I wasn't as working as much. I was home more. And I wanted to embrace the fact that we had this beautiful home together um, that was filled with love. And I wanted to be the one to kind of take care of it and, and clean it. And I know that that kind of maybe sounds silly, but there's a a very calming and um, fulfilling thing about getting some cleaner and getting a hot towel and wiping down the surfaces where you live your life and cleaning the things that you come in contact with every day and kind of, you know, fluffing the pillows and folding the blankets and kind of putting your imprint again, that nurturing and that, um, that aspect of being a woman and taking care of things. Like it felt like, um, I keep using the word empowering, but it it was, it was an empowering thing to be able to come in and, and do that for us, 
um, myself. And in the same uh, reasoning of, or in the same kind of like thought process when I was going through my whys of choosing to do this was um, kind of like a financial freedom mindset. And that's something that is probably for another episode about budgeting. And, um, but I was able to, or we were able to take that money that we were spending every month on house cleaning service. And we were able to turn around and invest that. And so it was a double blessing in the fact that I was able to take charge of taking care of our home in a more hands-on way. And then also being more financially responsible for the goals that we have set forth for us. Um, so that has been just a, an amazing, interesting journey that I know is continually evolving because it is not like I woke up overnight and I was like, well, I'm never going to ask for help again. Or I'm never going to um, not ask for help again. And, you know, like, uh, what is it? You know, I take all the groceries into the house in one trip. And, you know, now I, I allow him to help me. And I don't, you know, I embrace that. And, you know, I'm very fortunate every day. My husband asks me, what can I do to help you today? And there's many times where I still do have these days like this. But, you know, I'll say, well, I have nothing. You know, I can do it all. But I let him help me and I tell him what I need and I tell him what I need help with. And not only is that a gift to me to not have to feel like I've got to do everything because I want to do it my way, but it's a gift to him because he wants to help me. He wants to take care of me. He wants to, that makes him feel good. That's empowering to him. Um, Men need that. They need to feel needed and they need to feel wanted and they need to feel useful and we as a society taught as women like to to really take that away from them and I'm here to tell you it doesn't make you weak it doesn't make you dependent it doesn't make you incapable it allows you to be free in your womanhood and in your relationship to be to be taken care of in a really beautiful, strong way. Um, so yeah, that is just, um, kind of my journey with that. And it's something, like I said, that was ongoing and I would love to hear similar experiences from other women, whether that is something that you have had stirrings in your heart about, or you have embraced, um, and how that's affected you, how that's affected your physical health, your mental, emotional health, how it's affected your relationships, um, and if you are listening to this and you're, you're single and, um, that I think it makes it even harder now as, as single women, because you, there's so many men who now they're scared to, or they're hesitant to, to help or to hold open the door for a woman or to want to take care of her, want to tell her that she can stay home if she wants or, um, it's like we have beaten men down in a way that makes it difficult for them to really rise up and be very strong. Um, and again, I'm not using that in a like, you know, macho, toxic masculinity kind of way, but a just how how men's DNA 
is wired to be providers and to be hunters and to be the pursuer. And I think that is that is the way, that is the ideal cycle. And I think that's where nature is the most harmonious. That's, that's my personal feeling on that. But um, if you are not in that long-term relationship and that is what you're wanting, you're wanting someone like that and you're wanting a relationship like that, there are men out there. And I think when you embrace your femininity and you embrace the strengths that you are good at um, and you're open to that type of reciprocal nurturing and taking care of like the right person will come along but in that time like do the things go on the trips say yes to the adventure um do scary things because one day you are not going to be just yourself you're going to be part of another human and you're going to have a a mutual dynamic and that's going to be beautiful and you're going to get to do those things together but don't waste your time now wishing for the future because it will come faster than you realize sometimes. So, all right, friends, that's all I've got for you today. And I'm looking forward to our next chat. Until then, live well and be happy.